Today is August 30th, 2021. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki, Nagana Go, Mekoche, Tastokom, Aki. My name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot South and the opposed U.S. Canadian border are the Blackfeet, and north of the border are the Siksika, Ghanai, and Bukani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Wesley, Chiniki, and Bears Pond Nations of the Stony Nations, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-status, or sorry, all non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. I honor the Blackfoot as the elders and the members have been so kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot, it's Mokinstis as Michelle Elliott, an English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satchi Dene, but my Indian Act and Post status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. My father is so Canadian, I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act and Post status card. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Hare people, also called the Great Bear Lake people in Treaty 11. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Quinchotine Indehe, meaning many horse town, named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as the guest and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. Any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. And I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I share what I know as I walk down my red road. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to my, the previous donors for already showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or questions. Also, giving a review helps on whatever medium you are listening from. So I have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe or you can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. Today, there is a lot of things to talk about, so let's get started. I want to say happy Pride uh, for all of Calgary, and I guess Ottawa also has their Pride as well. So if you're in Ottawa, I'd love to know if you're even listening. So it would be wonderful to hear that. Um, so in, in Alberta, our COVID-19 cases are... <laughs> it's not funny. We have a thousand each day the last three days at least so uh we have over three thousand cases our um doctors and nurses are understaffed they're being forced to come from vacation and unfortunately our prime or our premier is missing in action and people are joking about um you know where's kenny and putting his name uh and his picture on milk cartons and such but you know it, it's kind of hard for me to get too much into that fun because like missing people is a real issue for me but you know because we're native it just it does there's just not an understanding of that issue for a lot of the uh, non-indigenous folks but um 
the truth is, is that our premier is taking some sort of vacation. And it's really hard because now we need leadership more than ever because we're going through an enormous fourth wave. Um, for those who don't know, you know, I've been um, talking about Alberta politics, uh, the cuts to healthcare, mental health care for, for decades. Uh, Kevin Taft is a professor out of the University of Alberta up in Edmonton, and he's, he's a, a, the former uh, liberal leader as well. Anyway, he has tons of books on this conversation about cuts that have happened to our healthcare. And uh, it was part of the reason why uh, Dr. David Swan run, ran was because of climate change, actually. And he was seeing an increase of allergies, asthma, and such happening to our children. And he knew climate change and the development of coal was, was absolutely uh, problematic in um, the health of children. So these were things they ran on. These were things that they were talking about then and have been a strong advocate for public health. Um, and, you know, it, it's hard for me because uh, I believe in public health. Unfortunately, we've had so much racism in the healthcare system. Uh, one of, you know, for those who may not have heard it, please go back through my previous episodes and listen to Corey Ashley. His wife Lillian um, died at the Hannah Hospital uh, around Christmas time because of racism and sexism. And um, so, yeah, I believe in public health care, but of course, I have. Um, some major issues with the lack of understanding of racism and sexism in the healthcare profession. I mean, we joke even as uh, women about, you know, oh, the number one problem to all of the issues are, is your weight. So it doesn't matter if you're getting stabbed. Um, no, what matters is your weight. And if your weight is not there, then you're being judged for not being overweight according to them and their belief systems and their biases. And why that matters and why I keep bringing it up is because right now with the COVID cases, we're seeing what's called compassion fatigue. Um, now, I would argue, you know, white supremacy in, in health has allowed uh, the death of people of color, immigrants and indigenous since we've started our uh, public health. Anyway, uh, the, I bring it up because now that COVID is rising to the point of you know, we're canceling uh, elective surgeries and such as well. And, you know, don't get me started on why that's considered a classification of elective when half the time it shouldn't be. But regardless, um, we're in a situation where they don't want to treat people who can't prove that they are fully vaccinated. And um, of course, that's uh, very problematic for those who have barriers to getting vaccines. My daughter actually only recently got her second vaccine, so um, she'll be considered fully vaccinated in, I guess, a week. But, um, you know, if she was to get COVID today, um, the bias against Indigenous is so strong. I would be very concerned about her health care by the doctors and the nurses solely based off of their racism, but then also because of the COVID fatigue. So unfortunately, even for those who uh, have been advocating for personal health freedoms like myself with uh, you know, cannabis and uh, midwifery, you know, we're, we're kind of at a, at a breaking point with this global pandemic where you know, there are a lot of people who are so exhausted and so tired of lockdowns. Um, 
that they that they just want to move on and unfortunately you know plagues don't get to just move on that's not how it works like we have to um in, you know lock down we have to but i know that's not a popular opinion i know people are tired of it um and here in alberta i'm sure you're all well aware that they've decided uh, the alberta government that they're going to resume school uh classes but without you know doing contact tracing and such so some of the um uh boards have had to actually show leadership and say oh no we're going to mandate masks and uh other other uh protocols and um you know so much irony in you know oh so they can make a decision all by themselves but it doesn't talk about racism so i guess that's why they can do it uh yeah that's a slam to you calgary board of education for not doing it sooner um you know especially on the management issue but in, like racism in general i mean i have to now homeschool my daughter because of the racism that we not just racism she's also experienced gendered violence and um you know they at the time taught you know used every excuse in the book to not change langevin and and uh, were very um awful to my daughter so of course we could no longer um use their services and not want to care about public education but it's so hard to blah 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 blah, blah. getting off topic of covid19 and the safety of the children um i wish i could just write off the public but i'm not wired that way the way other people are and uh you know i'm very concerned about i don't know white supremacist little babies all being killed by covid19 unlike their parents um it's just not popular to talk about it like this and that's it's a shame because the bottom line is is that these kids are going to be uh, little incubators of spreading covid19 the delta variant and um you know rather than care about their safety we're just going to allow it to uh, spread wild and make the calgary board of education and other school boards across the country or across the province sorry decide whether or not they're going to mandate masks because our conservative government is incapable of that sort of leadership and um and not just that that bigger picture that there's not buy-in and in alberta um quite frankly the average joe is uneducated uneducated about covid believes in um these incredible conspiracies and would rather die with COVID-19 than to get a vaccine from Justin Trudeau because they have that intergenerational hate towards um, Trudeau and liberals and it's that bad out here in Alberta. So, um, you know, here we have uh, a premier who hates just Jason, uh, Justin Trudeau just as much, um, hates science, uh, you know, federally proved that with their cuts to science on a regular basis when they were federal. And here we are in the middle of a fourth wave. Our children are going to these schools and a lot of adults, they're, they're tired and don't want to, you know, be open and honest about the science. So um, Tabor had their corn fest this past weekend and it, it was so busy, they had lineups. They're never that busy. I know people are tired and want to get out and do some events and do some fun things. And Calgary had a big concert and lots of people there too. So, you know, at this point, uh, you know, it started with Calgary Stampede, but now it's going to just spread like wildfire. And it's Edmonton, actually, I guess, who has the most uh, numbers at this point. 
So it'll be interesting to see what happens in next week, the week after, uh, you know, how many people are, uh, what our problems here in Alberta are going to be, and especially with the lack of leadership from somebody who does not want to support federal um, politics of vaccines, science, etc. And a lot of people are rumoring, the uh, rumor mill is saying that the conservative uh, federal party has asked some of the provincial conservatives to kind of take a vacation during this writ. And uh, so it, it's not just Jason Kenney, but also um, Doug Ford has gone missing apparently. Anyway, um, Doug Ford doesn't have anything to do with Alberta's COVID-19 cases rising. And, uh, you know, so obviously I would hold Jason Kenney to account on that, but I also ran provincially. So that's part of the reason why I, I just, you know, I, I would do anything to have Jason Kenney take off his partisan hat and just look at facts and science, but I know he's not wired that way. So um, hopefully the Catholic Church will help dissuade folks like him who can't think for themselves and need the Catholic Church to tell them what to do and what to think. Um, so the federal election is happening. Today is the deadline, hard deadline for signatures. Um, so what does that mean? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, democratic uh, or civic literacy is pretty low. And, you know, people don't know some of the basics of, of elections. And, you know, I've been with the Liberal Party for many years. So I've been really lucky to kind of watch this process. There's been changes. Every time there's a new government, there's, you know, changes in, in, in some of the uh, things that we do, but generally it's the same sort of thing. So anyway, um, in order to, even be on the ballot and you know so you've gone through the process of your party approving you and you know, you've paid your fees to your party etc cetera, etc cetera. elections canada has a sheet and on that sheet you have to get a minimum amount of signatures to even put your name on the ballot and uh today's that deadline and that's why i bring it up so um unfortunately here in alberta it was really tough to get some of the signatures that we needed and uh as a result uh, Green Party, NDP, and Liberal parties not, aren't necessarily going to be on the ballot across the province because of how hard that was. And uh, even myself, like I went, drove out to Medicine Hat to get some signatures. I want to say thank you to all of my Twitter followers, all my Facebook followers for engaging with me, for giving me um, some time and space meeting me. I got to see an old friend of mine from high school. I got to meet uh, one of the folks that are running for city council and just love her to pieces. So I hope that uh, one day she may consider coming on my show so we can talk about, uh, you know, Medicine Hat and the politics of Medicine Hat. Uh, went down to McGrath, Woof. <laughs> let me tell you. So McGrath is just south of Lethbridge. This is the heart of farmers, I tell you. Um, really kind people for the most part, not everybody was, but, um, you know, at one point in time, I was on a door and, and knocking on somebody's uh, door and they shooed me in their house immediately because apparently they had a wasp nest that I was completely oblivious to. And uh, so anyway, Wild Rose candidate out of all people, and he, he was lamenting to me the idea that, you know, you have to door knock. And so I was kind of laughing inside because, you know, it, all parties have to door knock. It, it's just the way it is. And it's a pandemic. So of course, I, I door knock with um, 
hand, hand sanitizers and masks and uh, try to, you know, wipe the pens with the hand sanitizer after every time I, I pass it off. But, you know, it's the best way we can kind of do this in the middle of a pandemic. And uh, so I bring all of this up because if you are a progressive in Alberta, and I see you on Twitter, I see folks on Twitter bitching and complaining about Jason Kenney, rightfully so, I'm with you, obviously, retweeting you, watching you. But, um, you know, especially if you're in the healthcare industry, I really encourage you to consider running uh, for politics, one. But I also cons like consider getting involved even a little. So had we had enough volunteers across the province to go door to door and get those signatures, we actually would have Green Party, NDP, Liberal candidates all across the uh, province in order to be on the ballot. And I know people are going to be upset that they're green person, that there's no green option. But, you know, we, if you're not involved in your party in any capacity, you know, they don't even know that they can get your signature. Right. So like someone like me, I would call in advance and say, hey, when's a good time we could meet up? Um, and this is the importance of things like coffee chats. This is the importance of meeting people in person. Is that, you know, if we're going to do these things, we have to help each other. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a liberal, but I believe in democracy. So, um, you know, I had a friend of mine, not a friend of mine, an acquaintance of mine on Twitter that we are in solidarity, a comrade on, um, on many different issues. You know, we met here in Lethbridge and um, he and many other folks at this um, protest for, uh, you know, health restrictions assigned my liberal candidates papers to get him elected. And um, of, of course, I wanted to return the favor when uh, we had a friend of ours that said, no, he's going to run as an independent. So Kim Seaver, some of you probably follow him. He's an excellent writer, debunks a lot of, uh, you know, political myths out there. Anyway, he's running as an independent. He got enough signatures and uh, really nice gentleman, his whole family, very nice people. Um, so, you know, I, obviously I don't want anyone to be Devin Hargraves, my candidate, because one, he helped us uh, transition here to Lethbridge, but two, he's been a long, long friend. He's done more for the country in a lot of ways than most people ever will, uh, just by creating that, uh, the petition about uh, conversion and I, I don't like using the word therapy. If my friend way out in Toronto who's gone, it, he's, he said, do not use that. Say conversion practice. So um, anyway, conversion practice banning. I know um, I'm seeing people fighting over this on, online about it being, well, why didn't Justin Trudeau do that sooner? And I could sit here and talk about the dynamics. It's not going to change your mind. All I know is that we are working really hard at, at it. Um, Unfortunately, working with the other political parties is difficult. I get annoyed when I see people blaming us for not doing more when anybody could have seen the um, attempt at filibusting that the uh, conservatives did on this conversion practice um, bill that we put out there. It was ridiculous. And unfortunately, I don't know why people just don't see that but they just they hate the liberals and justin trudeau so much that they're just like this this is it but here's the thing i know a lot of you are you know michelle why aren't you an ndp -er? i'll tell you fucking why because your unions are the reason why our children are still getting apprehended in these stupid uh, child welfare cases your social workers your nurses your doctors from the um hospitals they're they're the ones who are calling child services red flagging us 
you know, I personally was affected by this. Thanks a lot, nurses and doctors who did do this work. Um, police unions, you know, who's who's the one beating the crap out of or murdering our Indigenous people? You know, that's why I, you know, I, I know a lot of folks would love to see me turn NDP, but, you know, you can all make fun of racism in, in the parties, but this is what I've seen. Our racism, racism was exposed with Josie. Our racism was exposed with Jody Wilson Rainbow. I mean, arguably, since the beginning of time, liberals have been racist, but it was really exposed there, their anti-Indigenous bias. But, you know, we're watching right now the Green Party implode over the issue of racism when it comes to their leader. And even with Jagmeet Singh, we're seeing a lot of the NDP members mad at him for stupid reasons as opposed to like critical reasons. So um, yeah, I'm not an NDPer, not, not probably never will be. Uh, we need to see, you know, and, and, and the hypocrisy of this, like here's the other thing folks is that the liberals provincially and federally are completely severed. Where our constitutions are not linked that's across the country. Our constitution federally is for the Liberal Party. That's it. Um, so each Liberal Party has their own constitution and they are completely separate entity. And that's relevant because the NDP isn't. Their constitutions are linked provincially and federally. So it's really hypocritical for Jagmeet Singh to be saying, you know, climate change, uh, blah, 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 it's real and then not calling out John Horgan or Rachel Notley um, on their conversations on this, on this topic. Like it was shown that John Horgan approved the RCMP going in and violently arresting the uh, monarchs of the Wet'suwet'en. So, you know, it, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I personally was at Pride, what, 2016 was it? Where Rachel Notley after our, um, Voices, uh, well, Blackfoot um, member, co-founder, you know, did a, a beautiful land acknowledgement talking about sovereignty issues and Rachel Notley came out screaming, build that pipe. In, uh, in other words, we don't care about your Indigenous sovereignty. So the NDP is really hypocritical you know, on, that, on that topic. So I, I just wish that there was an understanding of this. And uh, that's why I will never be an NDP -er. But, you know, that said, I'm obviously believe in democracy. So if an NDP -er shows up at my door, needs me to sign their papers, I would in a second. Um, that's the irony. A lot of conservatives are like, oh, I love Canada and Canada's my country, but I don't believe in democracy enough to sign some liberal candidates uh, papers. Uh, so, whatever i know you don't believe in democracy clearly by who you will constantly elect but i i actually think conservatives are really just they just don't even know um i had a conversation with a family member because uh they were a little upset that i'm homeschooling and i said well have you looked into the alberta curriculum recently and you, you could tell this was absolutely not a question that they were expecting in any capacity and i said well in alberta you know we are allowed to basically homeschool to the point where you can believe the earth is flat, dinosaurs never lived, Jesus is our king, you know, all of the, all of that. But on the flip side, that gives someone like myself freedom to, you know, uh, talk to my daughter about Indigenous issues, um, sovereignty, Indigenous ways. And unfortunately, I, I wish I wasn't 
so colonized, but this is the point. Um, I actually, I'm going to make up this point at this time is that, you know, our, our culture, our, our language was violently taken away. It's genocide. And, um, you know, so I have to figure out how to reclaim who my identity, my culture, my language, and the added stress of teaching my daughter, because the, obviously those public schools are so incapable of doing anything like that. Um, you know, first of all, they're racist, they have their anti-Indigenous bias, they don't have the curriculum, and they certainly don't have any, like, oh, they're teaching yoga. I can't even wrap my brain around there's nothing more that infuriates me more than hearing any person who's not um indian actually say namaste i can't even tolerate it i can't believe this this is part of the um curriculum in schools without having a proper instructor just having some you know modified whatever and people are like oh my god michelle it's just stretching and it's like then call it stretching don't call it yoga don't appropriate somebody else's culture but you know we're canadian so we have to all of the time anyway 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 so let's get back to the federal election um signatures was today so a group that i work with called i care uh they're an anti-racism interfaith anti-racism group i've been lucky enough to be working and co-chairing with dr zadie for quite some time um unfortunately we had to take a big break from covid and uh you know we're just trying to get things going again anyway on September 12th, there is an anti-hate uh, conference that is happening and our big agenda item is trying to get Indigenous uh, organizations, uh, people to add their name to uh, the one thing we want to push the federal election candidates on. And it's yes or no, do you believe in genocide in Canada or don't you? Because if the answer is no, this person is completely irrelevant. We cannot have reconciliation without truth first. And if Canadians are still stuck on not acknowledging genocide, we will never have reconciliation. And right now we still have that as an issue and as a problem. Um, so the flags have been at half mass since the first 215 uh, unmarked graves have been found. And they're supposed to stay that way. But uh, the conservative leader, Aaron O'Toole, is out there saying oh we should be proud as canadians and we should raise our our flags basically you know thumbing his nose at us as indigenous people and um you know it, it's just so incredible that party how i think this is the first year they've ever acknowledged climate change is real and i'm sure that goes against their membership if you were to look at their um convention vote so his decision to actually say climate change is real may even get him kicked out of the conservative party depending on the election results anyway uh nova scotia just lost a conservative candidate over sexual um harassment allegations and uh which was shocking to me he, he put out this really great strong statement but i kind of laughed inside because i thought well you know you are the last party actually i would say your party has actually um perpetrated sexism in politicians in politics in general and um anyway i found it uh interesting because i've, I've you know come from the place where kent Hare was uh, basically no longer a cabinet member didn't get reelected as a result of you know sexual harassment allegations that completely were unfounded so i don't know what to say about that folks um 
you're judging a guy who's like shot in a wheelchair, but whatever, by a conservative staffer. Um, so it's interesting because a, a friend of mine was, you know, talking about how uh, sexual harassment allegations that are proven unfounded uh, should be criminalized. And I thought, hmm, I certainly don't see you advocating for your little conservative staffer to go to jail over her allegations, but what else? So anyway, I don't, I don't like to take sexual harassment allegations lightly. I certainly hope for healing for that person. I seen that tweet, retweeted it immediately and, uh, you know, hope that they're doing okay because now they're going to be scrutinized, not just by uh, the justice system, which is sexist and misogynistic, but also all of the Canadians that are, I don't know why we live in such a internalized hate of, you know, anyone who isn't white and male, but we do. So anyway, um, so I wanted to push anybody on the, on the, on the candidates at your door that come to your door or that are running, just ask them, do you believe in genocide against indigenous people or don't you? See what their answers are. Tell me what you're what you end up hearing for this federal election. Because if there was somebody who uh, like record it, put it up there, tag me. I would retweet that in a second, depending on the answers, because uh, it's important for Canadians to talk about this. Um, another thing that <laughs> so a lot of people may not know this, but um, back to civic literacy, our our Senate is appointed by our elected officials. So, you know, when Harper was prime minister, he got to appoint Senate. And now that Justin Trudeau is prime minister, he gets to appoint uh, folks to go to the Senate. And um, anyway, Alberta has always had it in their head because we have consecutive conservative idiots who were always running the stupid province. They've decided, oh, we're gonna have elections for Senate and we're gonna honor that election. So anyway, there's a, a, a probably more NDP -er union white male fellow running named uh, Duncan Kinney and not Kenny, but with an I, Kinney. And uh, anyway, he's running for Senate. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited because this Kinney versus Kenny, they hate each other. So I'm like, if I'm gonna vote, normally I just spoil my ballot for the Senate vote, but if I'm gonna vote, it's gonna be for this guy because you know, anyone who's an enemy of Jason Kennedy is obviously my ally immediately. So if you're in Alberta and you're forced to do these stupid Senate, um, I guess I should back this up a little more. So it's for civic literacy purposes for those who are uh, confused at all. So we won't be able to vote for the Senate until October because it's the municipal uh, ballot question because this is provincial jurisdiction it's part of the municipal uh, ballot question uh, so you're not actually going to be voting for him when you do your federal election vote right those are two separate elections two different jurisdictions it's just stupid voting for a senate a senator is stupid and um, i'll tell anybody in alberta that i mean Colonialism is stupid in general. I don't like their system that we have anyway. Um, there was a really great article recently that came out from an Indigenous person who, um, and I think it was a her, she wrote about 
um, just taking the Senate and making it indigenous. I, I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. We should do that anyway. Um, so these are some things that are coming up. So we have our, our federal election first, and then in the municipal election, there will be a question about who you would vote for Senate, which is so stupid, but welcome to Alberta. We do everything stupid. So I'm uh, moving on. Um, so for those who are not, I'm, we're a day late at least with this podcast because I, we've been moving. So we've been moving from Calgary to Lethbridge. It's all Blackfoot territory, so it doesn't change. Um, somebody said to me, oh, you won't be native Calgarian anymore. And I'm like, uh, so let's break that down. I didn't have time to break down with this person, but I just want to make it super clear. I think people who call themselves native Calgarian are showing their lack of understanding of colonialism and it actually cracks me up every time somebody says oh i'm a native Tor torontonian i was like hmm, what nation are you from because i know white people never mean that white people always mean oh well, i was born in toronto which means that they don't recognize indigenous land sovereignty they don't recognize you know all of these things so that um and, and just saying, you know, I'm a native anything when you're not native is actually just racist. And I know what you think you mean, but that's your anti-Indigenous bias showing again. That's why I named this whole podcast Native Calgarian. Anyway, getting off topic. So we're moving and doing your garage sale. And yeah, that's not fun. I don't love doing it. I highly don't recommend it. We had some guy show up early to get the G.I. Joe Transformer stuff. And he's like, oh, I'll do an e-transfer. and you know, sent it over, the password didn't work, bounced back, he was already gone in his vehicle. Yay! So we got ripped off, uh, G.I. Joe and Transformer stuff by a collector. So awesome. Careful folks, if you're doing garage sales, don't make my rookie mistake. So needless to say, if it's not cash, you have to wait until the money's deposited. And I just encourage y'all to do that. But it's been hard going through my stuff. Um, it's not just moving, it's, you know, me as a mother letting go of my baby and her things and trying to celebrate her decision to let go of things that, you know, I have such fond memories of her playing with, having, whichever. So it's been really hard. Um, interestingly enough, so Fairs Fairs is a group uh, out here in Calgary that take used books, used movies, used CDs. And shockingly, they only took like half of our stash. We had boxes of it and uh, lots of stuff they wouldn't even take. So I was kind of saddened by that. But at the same time, obviously, if it's not going to sell, I understand their position on that. So we've been giving our that was in our garage sale. So it's been really weird giving away things that I know I paid at least $25 for in some cases. And um, now we're just letting it go for a buck. So we'll have one more garage sale next weekend. And then, uh, yeah, and here's an, another thing. So um, Value Village turned away all of our Christmas stuff. They said, oh, we don't want to store it. And uh, Winds, like they had too much furniture. So they weren't taking some of our stuff. And uh, COVID, uh, London Drugs e-cycling still isn't going. Thankfully, the city dump is. I can't believe how much stuff we've been getting rid of. It's been very interesting doing a move. I, I know a lot of people move regularly. I am not that person. This was an unexpected move. But uh, it's time for change, obviously. And I'm super excited about that. 
the fun part has been going through things and sharing really cool memories. And in fact, we found, because, you know, I was that helicopter mom who was like, you know, bolting things to the wall and, uh, and such. She, my daughter actually didn't even know we had some of the books we had and such because I had them hidden downstairs and she never went downstairs. So it's been fun kind of introducing things to her and showing her memories, my ridiculous, you know, collection of um, cassette tapes and I don't know, in acid washed like cases. I'm such a nerd, but it's been so fun. So that part's been good. Um, but it's been interesting too, what triggers me. Um, we had a, a trailer hitch and uh, you know, I couldn't, couldn't help but think of uh, Barbara Kentner out in Ontario that had that trailer hitch thrown at her that killed her. Um, it, it, was a, it took a few months to kill her and uh, she had internal bleeding from it that they couldn't repair. And then the guy who did it didn't get much. And, you know, it's just triggering because uh, Kirsten, a young man's, uh, the two brothers that hunted him down and killed him, they didn't get much either. And I just, it's hard. I, I need to heal. I need to be able to see a trailer hitch without breaking down, but I, I'm not there. Um, I think it's too much. I think it's, you know, the pandemic, poor leadership, um, job loss, job gain, or relocation. Man, I'm just on the verge of tears, crying regularly. Um, it's been a lot of change for me. So anyway, that's uh, that's why there's been a bit of a delay and a bit of a change. And you're going to see me sharing a lot more stuff from Lethbridge. Um, another interesting thing that came from the garage sale was I had a, a friend of mine who's Two-Spirit come over and uh was talking about starting a family and the date that it's a preliminary uh uh more than one um partner in the in the relationship and that as a family they're deciding to have a child it was interesting looking at my book collection really realizing how violent the parenting books are out there because they're not gender neutral they're actually the opposite and um you know, focusing on motherhood and woman and, you know, constantly that gendered lens when families don't necessarily work that way, one. And two, you know, we're already starting from that binary, imposed binary Christian belief system, like right at birth with that, with that thinking. So my husband and I were really reflecting of how harmful a lot of the uh, parenting books are that are out there. So we're going to start trying to change that in the best way that we can and if you have any book recommendations i'd love to hear from you and of course that i hope also changes the way we celebrate something like pride here in calgary where we recognize that parenting is bigger than just the binary and monogamy and couples right like we need to change the way we even talk about families so and that used to be the way indigenous people raised their families but that was stolen from us with colonialism so yeah, my hope is that people will consider like, you know, actually paying indigenous people to reclaim their culture, um, language, if they truly care about reconciliation. So anyway, homeschooling has been um, interesting. I um, came across this. So I, I don't know if you all follow Richard Van Camp, but he's an indigenous author and he always shares really cool stuff. So he shared this in Soling Our Schools, a universally designed framework for mental health, well-being, and reconciliation written by Indigenous folks. And um, 
it's literally about diverse classrooms in K-12. And my hope is, is that, um, you know, this will help kind of decolonize a bit of the education. Um, these are people that I really believe in. So another thing that I just came across by chance was uh, we all go back to the land, the who, why, and how of land acknowledgement. So if you don't want to pay me uh, to do a land acknowledgement teaching, there is a book that you can get. Um, and I am really excited to read it. This is a, a Métis person. So, of course, if you are part of my land acknowledgement teachings, I talk extensively about Métis and First Nation relationships and why it is I uh, do what I do, blah, blah, blah. So I hope that it'll be interesting to read what they have to say here. But um, I've seen a few of the, um, the things here. The, the things, what am I saying? Their book recommendations and commentary. And um, there's some really good people like Charlene Bearhead who um, spoke about this book, about how it illustrates the importance and complexities of land acknowledgements across Turtle Island. So yeah, really excited for that. And I just seen this one by Sheila Jones, Let the People Speak, Oppression in the Time of Reconciliation with a foreword by Sheila North, who I adore. So I'm really excited to kind of skim through that and uh, yeah, do some homeschooling with that lens, trying to reclaim who I am and uh, doing that work of yeah, what, what this is like with my girl. And, uh, you know, I always ask folks about um, their comments and such. And I went to Triwood Community Association because Marilyn North Pagan was doing an e-recycling um, booth there with uh, Linda Hack, or Linda, sorry, Laura Hack, and uh, Laura Hack's little one said, oh, I recognize your voice, you're a native Calgarian, and Laura was telling me a lot of teachers are listening to me, so I wanted to give a shout out to you teachers who are, are putting in that effort of listening, not just to me, but to other Indigenous voices, and that was part of the reason why I wanted to show you the books that I'm reading. Um, there's another one that uh, the Settler Book Club from Cat she's working on. So if you go to settlerbookclub.com, you would, or maybe it's .ca, either or. It's um, a Settler Book Club here in Calgary, and they're dissecting Blackfoot Ways of Knowing with uh, Betty Bastin. So, you know, I'm, I have that book. I'm hoping to kind of get into it a bit more as well because we're on Blackfoot territory. And I think that knowing their ways of knowing is the best you can do as a treaty partner as somebody who's working on reconciliation and such so you know i'd love to hear from what you're reading i'd like to know what you recommend what you didn't like um and if you did like something please put that positive recommendation out there into the internets because we actually we experience racism as you all know and uh and indigenous authors and women of color uh authors they are targeted and people put really bad reviews for no other reason than they're racist and they hate people. So, you know, if you are obviously doing that work of reconciliation, loved for you to put your positive reviews out there for the authors. But I also want to hear what you're reading because I'm a nerd and I have my book club. I'd love to see you there. Um, and we can talk about those books. But if you if you can't attend my book club and you're out in internet world, a lot of them are on my YouTube channel, so you can see them there. We try to make them podcasts too, but sometimes we're a little uh, 
we do the podcast later. So anyway, um, so Kat from Settlers Book Club also gave us this um, uh, flag and my daughter won. And uh, we're really happy. Thank you for your love, your kindness, Kat, but also for your work that you do with the Settlers Book Club for being part of the Reconciliation Action Group. And I just want to put a plug out there one more time. If you're Indigenous or you have an Indigenous organization and you want to support I Care, the group that I'm a part of, on anti-racism initiative as asking all federal candidates, do you believe Indigenous um, experience genocide here in Canada? Yes or no? You know, please let us know. We'd love to include your logo in our world and move forward with that. So anyway, I, I'm going solo two, two weeks in a row because I've just been really busy with the move. Uh, thank you for listening always. And, and with that, I'll, I'll work on my um, exit for now. I'm proud that this podcast has given solutions and included cultural safety training, cultural first aid, and tried to create a safer space for Indigenous people of color, those with disabilities, LGBTQ2+. Uh, this is an Indigenous-centered podcast. I'm not going to placate anymore. I'm not going to white code. I'm not going to, you know, settler code anymore. I can't. I, it's not in me. Um, I want to say thank you to Cheryl Ward, Alicia Brent, or sorry, Chelsea Branch and Alicia Fridkin of heretohelp.bc.ca on their piece of what is cultural Indigenous safety and why I should care about it. This, these are things, if you guys don't know what cultural first aid is, please go Google it, go to heretohelp.bc.ca. Uh, their work on those cultural action tools, I've said in the first hundred part, 100 podcasts I did and I just want to su support Indigenous workers as part of the conversation on reconciliation and settler understanding and I'm just really lucky to highlight it and repeat it here. Uh, internalized racism, lateral violence is another form of violence Indigenous and marginalized people experience by the structure of racism imposed on these lands. Uh, RacialEquityTools.org has a resource called Was it, What is Internalized Racism by Donna Bevins. And uh, you know, I, I really recommend folks read that if you don't know what I'm talking about, because if you are a person of color, if you're indigenous and you're you're like, what's internalized racism? You may have an idea what it is, but even I'm constantly unpacking what that is and trying to uh, challenge it on a regular basis. Um, you know, I had some I, I had a couple of interviews last week and I got some hate mail from somebody saying, well, I'm married to a native man. So, you know, you're hateful, blah, blah, blah. And challenging them, you know, like out of all of the hundreds of people that are on the news every single day, you went out of your way to purposely target an indigenous woman to tell her she's wrong, even though you as a white woman would never experience that. So, you know, um, I'm, I was challenging her on that before she blocked me. And, uh, you know, it just, I wanted to throw that out there to folks that, you know, if you don't know what racism really is, really unpack it. And lots of black scholars, uh, black authors have put out some great um, pieces on that. That's not just helped me on my journey, but helped me challenge anti-blackness that I see on a regular basis. Um, the do's and don'ts for bystander intervention by American Friends Service Committee. And there, I just recently uh, got in touch with the Asian community that started the act to end racism.ca. You can text at 587-507-3838.
Indigenous have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas and reports, commissions and public hearings so it can be regularly disregarded, no more. Honor our words, honor the treaties, listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. If they don't recognize marginalized people in their budget with gender equity plus, if they are cutting violence prevention program services, Indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, folks with disability, know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people. Uh, demand that they implement the <laughs> Reconciliation Commission calls to action. I'm laughing because um, the federal government went out of their way to, you know, recognize September 30th as a call to action uh, for Orange Shirt Day. And of course, Jason Kenney, who hates natives, was like, we're not going to honor that. And neither is AHS, which is like, yeah, we know you kill us in your health system. So I'm not surprised you won't. Anyway, um, some of the school boards are trying to implement that day. So hats off to you, school boards. I know Calgary Board of Education, the Catholic Board, uh, Calgary Catholic Board, and um, a few others uh, have put it out there. Only like seven out of 63 or something. There was somebody who who is Indigenous who did the, the number crackdown and showed that the Cal or Alberta boards of education are not going to necessarily honor September 30th. So anyway, all of you conservative voters here in Alberta, you are purposely marginalizing Indigenous people. And Jason Kenney, obviously, our premier is not implementing the calls to action. Anyway, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal People, multiple reports about child welfare reform, violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice on the national inquiry on missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit. You know, denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Are people experiencing racism in educational justice and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same things? Demand change from election platforms and politicians. If they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, and sexism, they literally have zero business running. This should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, sports clubs, etc. Um, another article that you can Google is Truth Before Truth, How Non-Indigenous Canadians Become Allies. There are multiple um, different uh, pieces now on that, so I hope people consider it. If you're experiencing emotional distress after anything we talked about today, you can call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It's toll free, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They also have a text option on their website of hopeforwellness.ca. If more related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and two spirit, you can call 844-413-6649. There's also for non-Indigenous distress center lines in your areas, usually a functioning 211, or you can call 833-456-4566. Uh, there's also a 60 Scoop Indigenous Society of Alberta at uh, ssisa.ca. Go for hashtag survivor driven. And I also want to give a shout out to the Trevor Project. They give lots of resources for LGBTQ2 plus youth. Uh, they have a trans lifeline. Uh, uh, youth, peer, uh, youth peer support number as well. And then of course, kids help phone at 1-800-668-6868 and lifevoice.ca for crisis supports and LGBTQ crisis supports. I wish they had a two in there, but they don't, that's okay. It's not okay, but I'll let it go because it's really important work they're doing. Uh, violence is an everyday reality. 
Every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started this podcast to speak freely without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions. As many people don't want to hear my opinion, but sure want to tell me theirs. Um, you know, and especially when they don't know anything about colonialism, Indigenous, constant surveillance of our people, our protests, our vigils, and our rights, microaggressions, people dealing with internalized racism, and then they become gatekeepers and live off the status quo, or other folks who are just in their trauma and stop people from being able to do the work of healing and deplete the personal resources. Internal and external racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people. That's why I needed this podcast because there's no media representation of Indigenous voices. Uh, although we'll give a shout out to Windspeaker because they are fabulous. I love listening to them on the radio. And I had a fun story of an old friend of mine who came to our place to get some scuba gear, married a beautiful Filipino, and um, had a baby together. It's just so refreshing hearing him say he liked Windspeaker. And uh, that made me happy. Anyway, thank you. Thank you to my ancestors, my granny, my mom of what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt. My stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family roots and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian through her. I am a second generation proud Calgarian. Thank you to my husband, Darcy, for producing and editing this show. He's been my childhood friend, the father of our child, and my support when I started walking down the red road. He's witnessed decades of racism and sexism, and to our child who we are blessed to learn from daily. I'm honored you chose us. You give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. I hope my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of us trying to discuss these present day issues. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to my previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or your questions. And I also have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe. And if you leave positive reviews in any of the uh, different mediums that you listen to this podcast, that helps me very much if you can't donate. Uh, go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and their pin posts on social media. I want to end by giving side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not your dish. And my beautiful cousin would respond, or you'd be in my dish. <laughs> Thanks for listening.